Psalm 117 is a summons to universal praise. A summons to universal praise. Compared to Psalm 119, which is the longest psalm, clocking in at 176 verses, Psalm 117 is the shortest, with only two verses. Just two verses. Now, when we read through this psalm, Praise the Lord, all nations, laud him, all peoples. For his loving kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. It demonstrates for us that prayer and praise does not always have to be lengthy, just sincere. Now, there certainly are times, as we see from Psalm 119, that uh, praise and prayer can be lengthy, so long as it's sincere. But on the other side, Psalm 117 shows us that in two verses, two short verses, uh, the psalmist was able to communicate all the praise he needed to give to God. So it's not necessarily the length of your prayer or the length of your praise, but the sincerity of it. Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 7, When you're praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do, for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Meaningless repetition has several meanings. First, it means to babble the same words over and over. Second, it means to speak for a long time. And both definitions fit many prayers. They describe many prayers. Uh, particularly, the prayers of the pagans were known for using repetitious words and mechanical formulaic phrases. Uh, for example, in Acts 19 and verse 34, the pagans prayed for over two hours, chanting the same thing, great as Artemis, of the Ephesians. For two straight hours, they prayed the same thing over and over again. Um, as Jesus says there in Matthew, they suppose they'll be heard for their many words. You know, we can rest assured, repetitive prayers, uh, nor mechanical formulaic prayers, are ever going to pressure God into answering his people. Repetitious words, mechanical formulaic phrases, they can sound God-honoring. But if they don't represent a genuine heart that's devoted to God, it means nothing. In Isaiah 29 and verse 13, the prophet says, This people draws near me with their words. They honor me with their lips, but they remove their hearts far from me. And their reverence for me consists of traditions learned by rote. So merely reciting prayers is meaningless because if it, if it lacks genuine heartfeltness, if it's not sincere. You know, prayer and praise shouldn't merely be compliance or tradition, but moved from a heart desiring to worship God. And of course, we can give many examples of meaningless, meaningless repetition in prayer. Uh, again, we're not going to take that time here because we want to get to the heart of the psalm here in verses 1 and 2. Uh, but again, I would challenge you uh, to be very careful that when you pray to God and when you give praise to God, make sure it's sincere, make sure it's genuine. Uh, you know, don't just find some formulaic phrase and just repeat it over and over and over again. Or, uh, you know, and, and we've dealt with this issue of prayer before that, you know, so often we pray the same thing over and over and over again. And again, let's be clear, you know, you can pray for the same thing, the same issue, the same request. But when you're speaking to God, you know, when you talk to your spouse or you talk to your children, you don't have the same conversation over and over and over again. If you're having the same conversation over and over again, you know, it gets old. It gets irritating. You know, don't you have anything new to say? And so when we praise to God and we pray to God, you know, 
find other ways to say the same thing. You can bring the same information up. You can bring the same request without necessarily falling into meaningless or formulaic phrases. So, you know, we're, we're make sure that our prayer and our praise is distinct. Now, the theme here again in Psalm 117 is a summons to universal praise. And in verse 1, we have a call for praise. And in verse 2, we have the cause for praise. And we're going to keep this very short and sweet. Verse 1, the call to praise or call for praise. Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud him, all peoples. Now, notice who the psalm is being written to. It's being written to Gentiles. The word nations refers to non-Jewish people groups, the goyim, hence Gentiles. And this call clearly relates to the promise in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2 that all the nations, now this is referring to the millennial kingdom, all nations will flow to the mountain of the Lord's house in the latter days. And we know that God at that point is going to be a God over all the people. Not just Israel, not just uh, the church, but all people, uh, all Jews, all Gentiles uh, that come into the millennial kingdom will be saved. That's the only means by which they're getting into the kingdom. But even now, he's telling Gentiles to praise him. Now, predominantly, the church is Gentile. There are Jews that are still being saved, and we praise God. We're, we're certainly to be taking the gospel to the Jews as well as the Gentiles. But by and large, the, the church is largely Gentile. So the church has a responsibility here with Psalm 117 because we have a responsibility to worship the Lord. We have a responsibility to praise the Lord. And again, worship isn't just... Uh, our prayer time. It's not just our preaching time. It's not just our singing. It's lifting our voice in praise, acknowledging who God is, acknowledging what God does. Uh, the fulfillment of this promise is, is, uh, is based in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Go, and as you're going into all the world, all the nations, do what? Make disciples. God is looking for people from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every Gentile group out there, every Gentile nation, he once represented us from all of those nations before his throne. And so think about it from this perspective. If you're refusing to support missions, if you're refusing to send missionaries, if you yourself are refusing to share the gospel, friend, you are disobeying the Great Commission. And in disobeying the Great Commission, you're ultimately working against this summons to universal praise. We've been commanded all nations, all peoples ought to be praising God. And the only way in which all peoples and all nations are going to praise God is for the gospel of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go out, to go forth so that people can be redeemed. Because the pagans aren't going to praise God. Only the redeemed will praise God. And so let's be careful to check ourselves that we're not refusing to send missionaries. We're not refusing to support missions. We're not ourselves even sharing the gospel. And, uh, you know, and that needs to be part of our prayer. You know, Lord, give us a heart for people. Give us a heart for the lost. Give us the funds to, 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 set, to, to support missions around the world. Uh, Lord, give, give us a, give it, raise up people who will go and, and be missionaries. And so really a call for praise is a, uh, should also be a prayer for a missionary heart. Now look at verse 2, the cause for praise. For his loving kindness is great towards us. The truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. 
Just like Israel, we're to worship God based upon his character, his loving kindness, his mercy, his covenant love. And, 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 you know, it's not just there, but it's great towards us. It's strong upon us. You know, what has God's covenant love done for you? Well, first and foremost, it has rescued you. It has redeemed you from sin and its curse, the lake of fire. It has adopted you into his family. It has made you part of the body of Christ. It has made you the bride of Christ. It has caused the Holy Spirit to indwell you and to seal you and to secure you for a future day of redemption when we'll stand in the presence of God as holy and blameless. That's loving kindness, and it's great towards us. And the other reason, here's another cause for praise, and again, these are just but two, there are so many, but the truth of the Lord is everlasting. His word endures forever. If he says it, he'll do it. So you look at all the promises of Scripture, you know, there's a challenge. You want something to praise God for? Look for all the promises of Scripture that apply or could apply to us. And take one a day and praise God for that particular promise. Now, that doesn't mean the promise has been yet fulfilled. It still could be a future fulfillment, but you could still be praising God. You know, look for look for things, something about God's character. Get a book about the character of God or the attributes of God. Study out the, what those character, characteristics and what those attributes are. And then take one a day and say, hey, I'm going to praise God today because he's God of truth. I'm going to praise God because he's holy. I'm going to praise God because he's graceful. And, and again, not just using the word, but find out what that means. Hey, I'm going to praise God because, he's great, because of his grace. And the reason I'm praising God for his grace is because when I need help, I can call on him, and in his grace, he'll answer and help me. So, you know, again, you can take it beyond just naming some character of God, but actually find some way that it applies to your life. The covenant that God makes, the truth of the Lord, is everlasting. His word stands forever. The promise of salvation. He's redeemed you. He's delivered you. He saved you. And that stands forever. There's another thing to praise the Lord for. You know, we, we, we ought to be able to every day praise God for our salvation. Praise God that today I, I, I woke up and I'm still saved. Praise God tomorrow I woke up and I'm still saved. But what does that mean? That means that I'm not going to the lake of fire. That means I'm going to see God face to face someday. That means I have uh, eternal inheritance reserved for me in heaven. Uh, on and on we can go. The final word, again, he begins the psalm the way, he, or he ends the psalm the way he began the psalm. Praise the Lord. There's the exhortation. That's the command for all of us to be people who praise him. How you doing with that? Examine ourselves. Let's find out if we're, if we're not praising the Lord like we should. Let's, start, let's get to that uh, point of praising him as we ought to be. If we're not praising him enough, let's work on that. If we're not praising him at all, let's work on that. You know, again, we should never be at a point of scratching our heads and thinking, I don't know what to praise God for. Just open the pages of Scripture, go through the Psalms, and the psalmist will give you plenty of things for which you can praise God. Lord God in heaven, we want to thank and praise you because you are the God of heaven. And as the God of heaven, you are above all, in all, through all, and over all. And Lord, what that means is even though that we are creatures, uh, you are our God, you're our king, you're our sovereign one, 
uh, you're over us. Uh, and because you're over us, uh, you control us. Uh, but Father, besides that, we also praise you because you are a God, as we see here, of loving kindness. So you're not some despot, you're not some dictator who's over us, but you're a God who loves us, a God who desires to show mercy and grace to us. And Father, there's so many things throughout our days, whether it's just getting out of bed in the morning, whether it's having a vehicle to get around in, a roof over our head, food on our table, clothes on our back. You know, so many things that we take for granted. Lord, they're all things that we ought to praise you because by your grace, you've given those things to us. And Father, even if we've worked for those things, it's again because you've enabled us, you've equipped us, you've given us the ability to work and to earn those things. They all come back to you. They all are given to us by you. Father, I ask forgiveness, Lord, because so often, you know, we, 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 we are silent. We're quick to, to pray, but we're slow to praise. Father, I ask that we would be just as quick to praise you as we are to pray to you. And then, Father, when you answer, we will immediately give praise. And we won't keep that praise to ourselves, but Father, we'll be telling it, we'll be declaring it, we'll be sharing it with others of what you have done and how you have intervened. And so, Lord, help us to praise you today, throughout our day, and until your Son comes and receives us to himself. And we ask this in his name. Amen.